again. Oh, what's my weakness? Uh, apparently it's alcohol. So we're going to talk about today. I'm the mom who knows not a, my name is Brianna. This is the mom that knows not a podcast. And we're doing a one year check-in. This girl's going to tell you all about a, the milestone that she has reached this week. It's absolutely fucking incredible. Uh, I can't wait to pick her brain about it. So welcome back, Vega, a.k.a. Alex. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. I'm so, I'm so stoked to have this conversation with you. So let's yeah. go back and discuss the anniversary that you're celebrating. So this Wednesday, March 23rd, will be my one year of sobriety. So, and that includes, you know, I get a lot of questions. I know, yay. Um, I get a lot of questions about that. I, people are like, what do you mean sober? Like just alcohol, mm -hmm. clean and sober. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, are you just doing wine and beer? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, it's like, you know, it's, it's literally clean and sober from any, everything. Like nothing of brain altering changes or anything like that has been in my body for Caffeine. On Wednesday will be a year. Caffeine, caffeine, yes, but I mean a cut down. So I guess yeah, caffeine can count as that a little bit because I well, guess technically you can. Right, you can get like I learned in my class, which I'll go oh, and more in detail with that. Like my little like program that I went through, like that's technically yeah, you can get you know cigarettes stuff like that. Um, I don't mm -hmm. cigarettes. So, but I mean, even if I did none of those. Um, so, but I do cut back on caffeine only because like what i enjoyed was um a lot of just like stimulants so i just mm. yeah so it's just kind of like you know it's cut back and you know gave our insides a break it's really funny you say that i because i was talking to like a nutritionist here and there and yeah uh she's actually been on the podcast a couple times and mm. it's been amazing to me as when i changed my caffeine like the way i consumed caffeine so like yeah. i make sure i have at least 16 ounces of water Oh yeah. Before I have like food or anything in the morning, my husband's yeah. like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm dehydrated. I just woke yeah. up. Um, right. And yeah, right. And it's then, so true. and then I don't drink my coffee until I have food. And it's yeah. amazing how much I've been able to cut back and I can notice even more so now how like I get with yeah. just the caffeine. So that's, yeah. I think that's incredible that if you've been able to cut that back. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Because I was chugging, like, in addition to whatever, like, I need this espresso shot, like, to get you through the day because I was so, you know, yep. when you're in that in that lifestyle, we call it active addiction, um, you're just so all over the place. You know, yeah, you're sleeping, but you're not getting restful sleep. If you are sleeping, you know, there yep. may be nights where you don't, or you go to bed and you're playing catch up all the time. Like, mm -hmm. um, I used to say, like, you know, like the server term, like, we're in the weeds, you yeah. know, like we're in the weeds. Like I used to say like my life's in the weeds, like all the time. I used to be like, <laughs> my life is just in the weeds because I feel like I was always playing catch up and I'm always playing like, That's um, so like pretend, you know, like, oh, like, you yeah. know, how, like we're in the serving, like, yeah, everything's fine. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, the kitchen right with you. And like the kitchen's on fire, the plumbing in the backup and, you know, a cook piece out and like, servers are drunk or whatever. It's like, that's literally how again. my life was. Yeah. Like, so that's what I would say, but, um. Yeah, so that's that's my celebration is one year clean and sober from everything, and uh, yeah. But that's a great analogy too, because so mm -hmm. many of us have worked in hospitality in some way, yeah. shape, or form. Like in the we, like I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like I'm still like, whoa, that's incredible. Um, it's like, whoa, yes. whoa. <laughs> that I makes say, so I much say that sense. All the time. Yeah, I would say that all the time. Like just. Mm. 
That's so good. Why is this milestone important to you? Well, so, um, I mean, I started drinking at a young age and Mm. um, doing other stuff at probably my 20s. And Mm. it was just always up and down, up and down. When I had Dom, I stopped all that. But I've always been the type of person to, like, I'll stop for a couple months because I like all my little health kick and I like do my little challenges, which I love to do, you know, and I'll be like, okay, you know, and, but then it's like, I'll keep pick back up again. If it's like a certain crew or a certain crowd mm-hmm. or it's most, it's, if I look back, it's mostly been like a person that I'm like, if I'm like dating them or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, like that. dating and we're like, oh, let's go party to this. Would it be cool to do this? And like, uh, you know, and, um, I remember telling, so obviously the pandemic kind of made it worse. When I got here in Texas, I wasn't really partying that too bad. Um, I went to esthetician school. Then I was losing a bunch of weight on my little workout stuff. But then, like, you know, I think I started hanging out with a certain crowd. And um, this one person, a couple people, actually, that I was, like, dating here or there. And they were just, you know, dealers. So I kind of got caught up on that lifestyle. And then I went down, mm. transferred down to Dallas um, with North. And just, it's like, you get caught up in that lifestyle, the late nights and people just partying all the time and just like, not good, not good. And so I finally went back and transferred back and then pandemic hit. I was actually okay. Um, I didn't really drink during the pandemic. Um, but then afterwards it's, I can touch on that too, but it's brought out of control afterwards. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, and so it got to the point where. I couldn't even like hold on a job mm. and I was lying to people. People were like, Oh, like, weren't you working here? So you see that girl, like the bar bartender, like, come see your girl. I'm here at blah, blah, blah. And so everyone's like, weren't you just there? Weren't you just here? And it, I would be so just like either hungover or messed up or just like, screw it. I don't care. Like, cause you get, I got the bad, really bad case of the efforts, <laughs> you know, like I just got, mm-hmm. I didn't care at the point. And totally. so, um, I remember when I remember I was like working at this like little job. I was working like bartending, like guest bartending here and there. And it was like September, December, 2020. And I told my brother and his girlfriend at the time. And I was like, Hey, like, I think I'm going to go sober for a year. Like, Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I haven't told anyone, but I think I'm just going to go sober for a year and see how that goes. Cause I was, I was in a lot of health issues. Like I was in the hospital maybe like 15 times. Here you are. Wow. And it got to the point where, like, are you, people were like, were you really sick again, Alex? Are you just hungry? But it's like, I, that all was intertwined, you know? Like, I was sick because of that. I was leaving a healthy lifestyle. So my body was just, like, reacting to that. You know, got when it. you don't when you don't eat, and then I would go to work and bartend, and next, you know, I'm just chugging Red Bulls, you know, because I didn't yeah. eat the night before, putting in alcohol and other things in my body, and your body's just like, that's not sustainable. So... I started, I didn't drink for 20, September, uh, December, 2020. I didn't drink on my birthday when I turned 31 in January, 2021. I didn't drink in February. We had that like crazy freeze when you heard about it in Texas. Like, yeah. The North yeah. Didn't drink of that. I was still not drinking. Then I got a job at uh, Boomer Jackson Plain. I opened it up and that place, um, wasn't drinking when I first started, but I guess technically it was a relapse, I guess for me. Like I, I didn't call it that at, yeah. at the time just cause I didn't, I didn't use those terms, but, um, you know, it was like a cocktail waitressing. A lot of people are young girls and they're all like, you know, let's go drink afterwards. And, um, like every special was like, we have $3 fireball shots. We have $4 shots. So it's like after a while, like, I remember the day it was actually, yeah, a year ago today because like started happening March 17th. I started going out and drinking again. And, um, 
I just was so overwhelmed. I think because that what I used to do was just like get overwhelmed and then I try to take everything and they're like, oh, I need a drink, you know? And yeah. so I just, and like, yeah, I just totally, I ended up taking all the drinks. Like I remember having like back to back seven double deep Eddie lemon shots. And so, uh, that's a lot, you know, when you work for like lot. four months, you know, and all of a sudden I probably didn't eat that day. Cause I worked like 12, I worked like noon to like 1am. You know, I remember it was like last call at the other little bar locally. And, um, yeah, it got to the point two days later. I just like, I actually like texted my job and I was like, Hey, I can't come in. I'm too messed up. I quit. I have a problem. I straight up told him that. They, I mean, that's not the best way to do that at all. But I, at the, in the moment I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, yeah, get that. I just quit. I just quit. And I just was like pissed at myself for quitting a job again. And I was like, you can't be doing this. Like you're 31 you have a son you like you have bills to pay like you've never been like that before like i never was the type of person to call out or like do any of that and then i started becoming that person you know and um yeah. i was always making like weird excuses because that's what we do in our active addiction and um i just was like i, I finally was like i can't do this anymore and i had what i call my active active desperation and um that was that day. It was March 23rd. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I had a friend come. I told my mom. I told, you know, I just was crying. I was like, I didn't eat for a couple of days. Um, I was like sunken in. Ow. I didn't sleep. Like my eyes were just like, I don't know. I, I wish I had a picture or maybe I don't, maybe I deleted it, you know, but, um, of just my, like, I mean, you know, just, you know, yeah. obviously malnourished, um, tired, probably crusty i don't know <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like yeah you feel you feel crusty you feel gross like yeah i also had like such a moral hangover and such a moral like the anxiety was setting in because i was just like oh my god and like i was trying to i was trying to hide it for so long and um i couldn't do it anymore so when i mm. but it was almost like a freeing sense like a liberating sense like hey i need help because we're so yeah. scared to say that um, but don't get me wrong, like that first week I was just, I like literally stayed in the corner of like my room and like my, the couch and just like, just, I just like told Dominic, I was like, I'm sick. I don't feel good. Which I, which I was sick and didn't feel good, obviously. But, um, my friend that day, she like drove from Forney, which is like an hour and away, uh, hour away from where I live. And she called like all these different like rehab places and outpatient programs. And, Suck. um, I was, I know I was honestly prepared to go away. I was pretty good, but then I was like freaking out, like, oh my God, like, what do I tell Dominic? Like, I don't want him to think, like, I don't want yes. to have that memory, you know? Totally. And so that, that was going through my brain. I was just like, oh my, what do I do? So I got an interview with this, this place and they, they were like, you don't need to, because of like your situation right now, I don't need like actual, like face-to-face -face care. Like I'll, I'll be okay. Um, mm. they, that's where they referred me to the outpatient program. So that following week I had started an outpatient program. And, um, kind of like a rehab therapy, you know, um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, and then, so that's was the first step of like my healing process. Like I am so grateful for that program. I am so grateful for the program because at first I was just like, what am I doing here? How did I get here? Mm -hmm. All the questions and then because the anxiety is setting in because when you drink and when you do all those different things, we all have anxiety. Everyone's like, well, I got really bad anxiety. Yeah. A lot of people do it, but you're just fueling it and you're prolonging when it's going to hit and set in and you're not sitting with those feelings. Mm, you know what I mean? You're just prolonging good. it. 
good statement. You're, you know, you're just, you're just, it's a net, it's going to come. And however it comes, the longer you prolong it, it's going to be more destructive and to you and people around you. Yeah, you know, that. so, so true. Um, this is why is, I mean, why it's so important to me is because, you know, people would call me people if pe like I've been doing drinking and being the party girl since what I'm 32 now since I was 15 years old. So people were, you know, people have memories like, remember we got wasted at this party? Remember we like those are the, you know, memories and people mm. were view me as like the party girl. You know, as in like, oh, where's, where's the party, Alex? Like, I remember one time my brother even told, like this girl, the same girl that um, called the rehab for me. She was like, when she first moved here, she was like, hey, she told my brother, hey, I'm going to have a drink with your sister. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. My sister doesn't have just one drink. She's like, no, 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 it'll be fine. Like she said, what's going to happen? He's like, no, 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 no. My sister doesn't have just one drink. Like you're going to be like. You know, hating yourself the next the next day. You're gonna be out to six in the morning. She's like, no, no, it'll be fine. The next the next time he saw my brother, she saw my brother. He, she's like, you were right. And so she, you know, like he's like, I told you. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, because I'm always like, that was the kind of the kind of drinker I was, the kind of party I was. I never, honestly, even in my tradition, I never drank at home. I mean, like mm. you know, if there was like um, party, Christmas parties like that, I never drink at home. I was the I was a party drinker, like I was a social drinker. You know, and I start drinking. Oh, what are we doing next? Oh, what are we doing next? Where are we going? You know, let's get this bottle. Yeah. Let's get this. Uh, you know, I, and I, but I can go over days without one. So that's why it's so important to me cause to show, like, if I, like, trust me, if I could do it, <laughs> you can do it. Obviously, you know, there's different steps to take to get here, mm -hmm. you know, and I've done through a lot and I've came to my own action desperations. Cause people, some people will tell me, oh, I want to do that too. I can't tell you to stop that. You know what I mean? I can't be like, oh, well, don't do that. Do what I did. You're going to have to come to your, you're going to have to come to your own access. So true. You got you to gotta be fed up with your own shit for, and, and put yourself in a timeout for a long time. <laughs> no, you got to put yourself in like a longer than a timeout, whatever, whatever that is, like ground yourself, whatever. You got to be sick of your own shit. And I was sick of my own shit. Dude. I was sick of looking who I was in the mirror because mm. I was pissing myself knowing that I could do better. Mm. You know, you're just preaching to the choir right now. I'm like, Dude, yeah, I was just, girl, yeah. Sing it. <laughs> like, I, and like, yeah, I was just pissed the off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's, it's true though. I was just pissed off myself and I knew I could do better and not saying that, you know, other people that, who live that lifestyle don't think they can do better. It's just, I want it better for myself. Some people, some people just kind of coast and they think that, yeah. Hey, I like to do that. I like to party. I like to treat myself. I like to go to my work, my job. And then I get home. I do that cool but that's not me and then it, it started becoming a problem when i knew when i took that first drink i didn't know what was gonna happen i could i ruin, would ruin my life like there was so many times mm -hmm. that if i didn't do that i wouldn't be in like you know a car accident or the hospital or no job or blowing money on this like i like it all stemmed for that so yeah. this is why it's so important to me and I'm just so much healthier now because honestly, what we say in AA and NA, you're going to end, either end up in jail, institutions, or death. Pick one. Mm. There's no, there's no way out of it of addiction. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a way, but if you keep doing that way, you can't, you can't control it because it takes a control over a body, and that's the, the thing. It's step one, uh, like when you, you know, say that you're powerless over it. 
Mm. And once you know that, then you can begin to start the healing process. To heal, yeah. Well, I think that's really important, like what you said. Like you said, that some people coast through life and they never get to that point where they're aware that they have a problem Correct. or they can't manage Correct. Uh, something. You, that, and I think that's a huge yeah. statement. Like everybody has a different capacity for yeah. what they can handle in, in, in every facet of life, not just any kind of like drugs or, or like alcohol. Right. Uh, and, and so I think it's really important to highlight. It's like two drinks for me could be, I'm fine. Um, but some people, you know, like it, it took me forever to like understand what my limit was. Like yeah. I was a debacle in college and, and then after Declan was born, I still did. Like I had to like refine and like, it was it's like, to your point, like, do you want to be like a, a hot mess all the time? Like, yeah. Coming yeah. like that, and you got a kid looking out, no, like, like yeah. who needs you, like, yeah. and then you're like, oh, what the is wrong with yeah. me? Like, right. Not only am I letting myself down, I'm letting this kid down too. Like, but right. what I also love that you said, and because my husband's a smoker, and it's a similar mm. thing, right? Yeah. Um, in, in in a different vertical, but people are like, well, how? Just got to get him to quit. I'm like, no, I can't make him do I anything. Can't, yeah. He's got to right. figure out his, and if he's fine being a smoker the rest of his life, he hates when I say this, but I said to him numerous times, like, if you die from lung cancer, I'm not coming to your funeral. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. so what's your, what's your, like, you do you and I'm going to do me. But if this is the cause of death, because you've consciously chosen, put, yes. you have chosen this, you yeah. consciously smoke something every day, a pack a day how can I be sad about your choice? Right. That's your choice. So yeah. don't put it. And he's like, that's a horrible thing to say. And I was like, yeah. it's a horrible thing to smoke a pack of cigarettes today, but yeah. I don't give you shit for it. So, right. So I love that you said that you have to have that ownership and accountability and you have to want to change. Right. And that's the, that is, I mean, I'm, I'm not in this process. You are, but like, I, I'm, I do know a bunch of people who have gone through like AA and, and other situations and that's the, th the thing they say it's like it's it's the misconception to think anybody has control over you outside yeah. of your outside of you like correct you your own dominion dominion and you have carte blanche so well and that's it is. right and that's the thing too like some people say i like for me okay for me so when i did my program i i knew it was a disease but i guess i just didn't understand did that I had that as well, or I recognize mm. it as that in myself, right? Because Got sometimes it. we're like, well, at least I don't. We do that. We do the well. At least I don't do that, or at least I don't. You know, at least I don't drink every day, or at least I still have a job, or at least I still have a house, or at least I'm not on heroin. You know, and then we play those games yeah. as opposed yeah. to being like, no, no, no. This is because what it is is like, I am powerless over this. I have no control. And so that's why I choose mm. not to partake in it because I don't know what's going to happen because I, it's almost like I black out, you know, like I'm next, you know, I'm like yep. binge weekending and I'm like three days later, I'm like, Oh my God, what happened? Why did I do that? But it, that's why I say it's bad case of the, you know, fuck it. Excuse me. But it, cause it's like, that's why I quit, texted a quiz in my job because 
at, at that time in my life, something else was telling me to do so. I saw this picture. It was like, I'm going to cry a little bit because it was like addictions like this. And someone was like bending over. It's just like a demon is like holding him on. And it's just like, it's so true because I didn't feel I wasn't myself when I was, of course, obviously it altered you, but I did all these decisions and I made all these decisions and it's like a, like a whirlwind aftermath. And then I woke up and I'm like, what the heck happened? And then right behind me, my whole house was destroyed. Literally. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just, mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just, I was just done with that lifestyle. And I'm, I'm fortunate though, because some people, some people, yeah, they can't or they've tried and they tried and they tried and you know, they show that they daily, I know friends that, you know, they're so mm -hmm. in that or, you know, like I, someone reached out to me the other day and he was like, and I hadn't talked to this person for nine years. Okay. It's back in California. And it was like, a, you know, a friend's boyfriend at the time, you know, so, but we knew it cause we were kept on Facebook. He's like, Hey, it's, it's about your sobriety. Um, I'm just got a, a, a program. Can I call you? And I was like, Oh, sure. And this is through Facebook. I didn't have his number or anything, whatever. And then we talked and he was like, how do you do it? Like I struggle every single day and I've been out for two months, you know, and me mm. and, but his was opposite of mine. Cause for me, I changed people, places and things. Cause I was a social oh. Okay. I didn't go to those like, places anymore. Okay. I blocked completely everybody that didn't serve me anymore. I unfollowed mm. every single thing online that had to do with alcohol, that had to do with even that lifestyle. Like, yeah, I party on the weekend, cool, la, 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 la. like all the meme pages. All the, I'm, kidding, I'm not even kidding yeah. you. I, I blocked everybody on Facebook who posted anything about drugs, who posted even people snapchatting about, I, I blocked everybody. I didn't care. I, I blocked everybody. Like anybody who shared something, hey, I like to do blow on the weekends. No, I blocked you too. Cause I didn't want to see that. I did not care. Good for you. That's you know awesome. what I mean? Because I had yeah. to, but he, he was so opposite. He was a, he was a drinker quietly by himself. Um, so for my thing to be like, go quiet, go be by yourself was completely the wrong answer, you know? So, but it was cool that he reached out to me because this is also why I'm doing it back to your, back to your first question. Like, because you don't know who's watching and you don't know who's, a, probably watching you to fail, but also B, like, you need that story. They, someone needs, like, a relatable story. Everybody needs that, you know? Because they can see someone, on like, a famous yeah. person. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm Dred Butler. Like, I posted, and I'm sober 20 years. Cool, but is that relatable? Is it relatable? Or is someone like me who's trying to, you know, have a happy face, but on the inside, I'm, like, struggling, you know? So, so I have an off-the-cuff question. Um mm -hmm. Do you think that there's anything in your life particularly that prompted you to be partial to this or, um, you know what I mean? Like you want to be accepted or you want to be valued or do you want to be loved? Is there something that you've gone through this when you've done this work that you're like, Oh shit, this is why I chose that behavior. Is that, a, does that resonate with you at all? <laughs> And that's crazy that you said that because um, the program I went through, right? I was there. I was there for about four months, or not there, but like we did it on Zoom. Um, but I was in it for four months, and it was three hours a day, three three times a day, 
plus AA. I went to NA. Um, and then you get a sponsor. Um, the very first like thing I went in, we had to do this homework and everyone at the, at the time was on their family packet mm-hmm. and they were like presenting it. And I'm like, Oh hell no, I'm not doing that. Like I am not going down that rabbit hole. I am not like unworking all these different things. Like no. But then again, as I, I like the baby steps of the homework, the first homework was like, do you think you have this disease? Second homework was a goodbye letter. Um, and I wrote a goodbye letter to my addiction and to my, like my drug, mm. called DOC, drug choice. Um, and I wrote on Oh, I went in on that. Dang. I wish I had it. I would have read it to you. Okay. That's really okay. Good. But it was just like, you know, like I, I was like, I, I made grow man cry in the, in the classroom. They're bawling. My, my teacher was like, because I just, the way I was like, so passionate about like, get out of my life, you know, mm-hmm. you made me lose out on this. You made me load up on this. You think I was this. And so, you know, so finally get to the family packet. Right. And there's not, it's kind of a combination of things. Like it's mm-hmm. not like I had bad parents or anything. It was nothing like that. I think it was just more of like in a social setting. I've had a lot. I think I touched it last time we were on, um, in the podcast, like how I got beat up. Yeah. In school and um I never had a place to fit in really like are you either too you know, too white for the Mexicans or whatever, or like too white for the white girls and Mexicans or whatever, the whatever that was. And so trying to fa- find a place of like belonging and then having such toxic partners in my life. Mm-hmm. Like Dominic's dad used to call like I mean, that's another thing too, like domestic violence. We had that, like there's a, technically there's a restraining order between us. Um, he tried to run me over with my car one time. I was blocked out. Yeah. yeah. I was, uh, that's aggressive. A little bit. Yeah. A little yeah. Aggressive. I like, I like woke up in the, um, like a paramedics. Yeah. I like, didn't know. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. So just shit. a lot of stuff. And then like, you know, he, like there was times where you know I think we wanted to go kill himself because he was all hyped up on whatever and we would used to do stuff together and he would tell the people like he would go off and I wouldn't talk to him for a couple of days and then all these girls come back like he'd be with another girl and I'd be like what are you doing she's like uh, you know I'm like that's my boyfriend and she's like what I didn't know I had a boyfriend like but we'd be together for four years like just just a bunch of shit um he's you know we were like that like on yeah, like up and up and down super roller coaster. Yeah. Um, so I think that was like the way I thought it was cool. Like, you know, back in my hometown in San Clemente, California, like we just party as Milano Beach Town. Everyone just kind of partied. Mm-hmm. We worked in Del Mar and then we got off work and partied again, you know? And so, yeah. um, I think just not fitting in and just not feeling like ever pretty enough or skinny enough or worthy, honestly, just worthy of like anything good. Yeah. And, um, I hear you. You know, just having all this emotion, but not really knowing how to like bring it out and get it out. So I feel like I was, that was the way to let my hair down. You know, that was the way to let my hair, you know, and feel, yeah, just let it go. Anything, just, just let it go. Like just hang out or even sometimes, you know, hang out with, after talking with my friends and after hours and we're like in the car, like vibing to music. I'm like, this is cool. Like we're having deep conversations, like, cause we're vibing to music in the car. Like we're just, you know, but like, I was like, finally, someone's like listening to me. Cause like Jamal never did. My first boyfriend never did. And so like every single thing was just like, shut up, Alex. Like you don't, you don't matter. So, and that was what, for six years we dated. 
And so um, when I went to Texas, I just feel like it was, I was able to like start fresh again, but then I got caught up in, yeah, you know, cause then I had a baby. I didn't feel good. Like Dom, like Jamal's like Jamal left me at eight months pregnant, you know, whatever. This is we can go into all that, but he, you know, just all this different yeah. stuff. Like he got whatever. And so like finally just having been recognized. Yeah. It just like spiraling. Yeah. Spiral. So all this, so yeah. when you, when I have all these other guys giving me attention and I was like, okay, cool. Like this is nice. Like they actually like look at me for me. I, so I thought, right. They're all high tone, whatever too. So, um, mm. it's just, it's just going with emotions and then, yeah, I just kind of wondering, like not being like a pity party. Why me? But sometimes I did feel like that. Sometimes I did feel like that. And I'm like, let me I, just go drink and be the funny, be the funny one. Cause I was like the funny one. Always making people mm-hmm. laugh and cracking up because, like, sometimes I would say something like that really happened to me, but I was like, "Oh my god, Alex, I can't believe that!" I'm like, and I'm head, I'm like, "No, it's that's a real story." I just, yeah, it's not funny. Say something, it's not funny. <laughs> yeah, but like, but maybe the way I said it, because you know how people laugh, make like, "Oh, yeah, if you have trauma in your life, you're funny." It's like, well, well, yeah, because it's really not. It's but that's my defense. Yeah, it's my coping mechanism. Like, yeah, it's just totally. me being funny, trying to like make light of everything. Like, oh yeah, like no, it's just, it's cool. Like, no big deal. And I was like, no. how'd you get over that? I'm like, I don't know. And go, 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 <laughs> you know, you, you don't, you hide in it. You bury it. You Correct. Know? Like, this is my, this is my mask on that I have. And yeah. I go in the back and you don't see, you know, my friend, my friend said, when she found all this, she's like, I didn't know that it was that bad. And I was like, because I didn't want you to know. Like, I didn't want you to know. So funny you say that. So I live <laughs> in this really cute Florida town and we have this great country club. Yeah, not, it's not like a bougie one. It's just like low key, but you know, great. Oh, whatever. I, I live on a country club. I play tennis yeah. at the fucking country club. I li- so- okay, okay. Wow, you so- have a laundry room and you play tennis. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Oh god. Peak adulthood. I know personal <laughs> problems for sure. I do. I have a lot of them. Yeah, I love um, it. Love it. But. Uh, I asked that I asked that question because I think a lot of your story resonates with me in certain ways, like abusive childhood. Um, everybody is like, "Oh, Brie, you're so bubbly," and I, I got like pigeonholed, and this is a totally different like dynamic. But like, pegged as like the bubbly blonde, you know, who everybody and it's a different stereotype, but it's one that exists for a reason, as most yeah. stereotypes. You know, like people just call, like, oh, you're this, so you must be that, you know? Right, right. So everybody sees this bubbly blonde and assumes that, like, I'm a cheerleader and that daddy pays everything and da da. Right. And nobody ever, like, all of that essence was because of all this pain that I had had, you know, from never feeling good enough. And I wasn't good yeah. enough for my own mother. And then, you know, my parents both get remarried and there's all these other people oh, involved wow. and you're just like, you know, and like, I didn't discover alcohol until I was in my twenties. Like I was working my butt off and I just wanted to get out of the hell that was created. Um, mm. not by me, but by other people that I was subjected yeah. to. And, you yeah. know, in, in retrospect, like, a lot of people have had it a lot worse than I did, but living in an abusive household was debilitating because you never yeah. feel good enough. And whether you get that from your parents or a, a partner, right? whether you're six or 16 or nine or 19 or whatever, like the outcome is the same. Like you're all of a sudden, you just feel like a shell yeah. that you, 
nobody's ever gonna love you you're not worthy yeah. you don't have value yeah and how the fuck are you supposed to make it in the world and you turn to something eventually mm-hmm. so so i like i asked that question because i like totally feel you and yeah. and like i see why people choose certain behaviors because it makes right. them they can forget about it you can forget about the pain you can forget about the worthlessness you can and even though you have this beautiful child like we love our children they don't make us whole humans like yeah and i'm sure this is something you might be going through i've gone through in your journey it's like you have to make yourself whole right so nobody can peg fill that gap for you you know right so i just think it's incredible to like point out for anybody who might be struggling like a lot of the emotions that come with the actions they might not be i'll say in quotes like your faults like it wasn't my fault my mom beat the shit out of me i didn't do anything i was a kid right right 25 it's not your fault your ex-boyfriend beat you and left you at eight months pregnant that's that's not your fault right but the way you take that in is so different and then you have to like dig yourself back out and that's a whole different ball game yeah it's it's and you have to find value in yourself and nobody can ever give that to you and when you've been literally beat down finding that value can be right. really fucking hard and you turn so to hard you turn to things a hundred percent a hundred percent so i'm just like trying i'm over here like trying not to cry no i know me too i was like hold on a second hold on a second Okay. Ah. You like waved uh, over my body. I, like, oh, I know, no. right? I know, right? Yeah, uh, no, it's so true. On, on that note, how does staying sober allow you to stay true to who you are and, and also to your son? Oh man, it's, and that's, this is the cool part I want to talk about too. Like, yes, the trauma and everything is important. Yes, that, but like the, the, cause people so much think like, oh my gosh, you don't drink. Like you must be boring and and like are you oh my god like i get so many things because i still bartend so i'm a sober bartender and um people are like oh my god you don't drink like well what do you do like they can't fathom and of course it's probably because it's like i'm still a bartender you know whatever but like and i'm people are coming to me and i'm giving them drinks but it's also like people don't they think it's they think that's all they can do or like let's wait mm. outside weather let's go get drink let's go patio drink you know and nothing wrong that's fun i enjoyed it mm-hmm. but at the end of the day i feel like i enjoy this better because I'm, someone someone in my enemy meeting was talking about how he lives a boring life quote unquote now and he loves it because he gets up you know he has money he's like i went to buy an electric toothbrush He's like, I've always wanted one. I never had money to get one, you know? And he's <gasps> like, and I, he's like, and I took a shower and like all those things. And he's like, and I just went and I was able to afford it, you know, cause he wasn't spending his money on yeah. you know, A, B and C, D. Um, and he paid all his bills and he's like, and, and I went to get a little trippish and I treat myself and now it's great. And now I get to use it. And I, you know, he was saying it kind of a funny way, but I was like that, I stuck with me. And I heard that maybe like 10 months ago now, but that stuck with me because I was like, oh my God. That's so true because when I was in my active addiction, I would look at people, you know, like those memes, like, oh, we're still awake at 6 a.m. And these people are getting ready or getting up at 6 a.m., like running and something. I'm like, I want to be that person. You know, yeah. I want to be that person. I was like, oh my God, this person is like, 
I don't know. They went to the doctor because they like committed an appointment to themselves and then they made it. They showed up to do it or they like, show, you know, like all these little things that we take for granted that we think that are boring, that routine, that's boring. The, yeah. Going to the gym, that's boring. Oh, you got to take up and go get your son to school. Oh, that sucks to wake up early. No, I get to wake up early and I, mm-hmm. and I'm not hung over. I get to do these things. And I am so grateful. Like I tell people all the time, they're like, I mean, they look like crazy. Cause they're just like, Does this chick like drink some Kool-Aid, like the sober and <laughs> Kool-Aid or something like that. You know what I mean? They're like, you know, and I'm just like, no, I get to do all this stuff because I didn't for so long. Like the fact that I have, that I worked at Craftway Kitchen for almost a year now, like I've got to the beginning and I've showed up on time to my job, you know, and, and I get to all these things. Like I get to get up with Dominic and we, like he goes to soccer. Like, can you imagine if I, I didn't have money to put him in soccer? That's just, yeah. adds up. but like the $70 that it cost to do soccer that went to the bar or that went to this. Yep. So, no, no, no. Your idea of a boring life is my idea of, like, I made it. Like, this mm-hmm. is, I finally get to do these things that I didn't for so long. And it's, it's a full so life. Awesome. It's, it's a, a full, full life. life. It's so fulfilling. It's so, and it's, and everyone's like, what? And they don't understand. And at the time where, I, and, I, and it's not for everyone to understand. And maybe they will never will. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your journey. It's my journey. And, and that's what's so cool though. But, but the coolest part about it when people, the positive part about it is people are so, they look at you like, you are so happy. And that's like the best compliment. You look so happy. Thank you. You look, so, you know, and I'm just, you know, like, the other day, you're like a really good mom. Thank you. And like, I'm oh. just being a mom. I'm like, when people tell me that, I'm like, I don't do it. I don't post these pictures and everything yeah. to show like, guess what guys, I'm being a good mom. Like, cause if you, if you know what I mean? If you're asking someone for that validation, that means you're, you know, you're not, you know, you just do it and people see. Right. And so for me, it's like, and then I get to share my other journey with other people. Like the, the way I've been so much, it's almost like not like woke and like that way, but like I, I've, 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 I've been awake now. Like I'm awake to all this. Like I, like I see Ooh. things now. I don't listen to the same music like I used to do anymore. I don't watch the same TV shows that I used to do. I try not to cuss anymore. Wow. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't have that same mindset anymore. Like before, like me and my friends back home, like we used to kind of commiserate like, Oh, here we go. And like talk about stuff that has no me, even friends here um talking about stuff that's so meaningless like oh do you see Susie did this and like oh my gosh she's up with that guy like oh my god and I used to be like yeah oh my god but now it's just like I don't care and then not in like a bitchy way but just like that has nothing of value to me yeah. because cool. misery loves company you do, and you. you are still in that because when we say activation that's all in that same mindset you're like it's an instant mindset going out partying being being miserable I'm sorry but you are being miserable I don't know if you, I'll get backlash for that but that's okay you know like then because you're hung over again and then you're miserable because you're hung over and then you're pissed off that you just spent $200 and you got to do it over again because you think you need to work five days a week to make those $200 because you're spending $800 but you're making a thousand a week. So you're still broke. How come I have more money than you and I work four days a week? I was able to work four days a week and stay home with my son more because of all this. Yeah. You know, I had to save a little bit, but I was able like my credits up. <laughs> My car paid off. My other loans have paid off. Like yeah. I'm down, like I'm down 30 pounds since last wow. January. Yeah. Inches. Good for I you. work out. Yes. Like I just started two businesses. Like, like so, what? like so you many You started cool two things. businesses? Yes. And I'm going to get in my real estate license too, which I put that on hold. But, um, so I'm, I started my body contouring business and I, I'm doing Herbalife along with it because you need like a nice nutrition plan along with that and What's so I'm doing contouring? those. What's that? So body contouring is um, when you use cat- tangent. Like cat- 
I know, right? Cavitation yeah. and radiofrequency, it's, um, they, like, dissolve your subcutaneous fat, so, like, the layer, not the, not the visceral fat that's, like, underneath. It's, like, you, because you eat a lot of, you know, McDonald's or pizza or whatever. Fries. French fries, all the French fries, you know, and drinks, whatever. But, like, the, the top layer of the fat, and so we do... I would kind of relate it to someone who's really like cool sculpting in a way, but it, it's not different machine, different techniques, stuff like that. We use wood therapy to kind of contour your body. And, um, it's just a beauty service. I got it done to me a couple of times and I was like, Oh, I want to do this. Cause I did esthetician school for like a while ago. Yeah. And I didn't, um, I'm trying to get back into all the things. Like I, I'm looking at my little 2022 board right now. Like all the things it says like, oh. reef, like finish classes for a real estate career and start that start body contouring biz get my assistant license you know fix my credit store save for a house make six figures like here we go but you like go, i girl. wasn't you but the also thing is so cute but this is this is a thing like being being clean and sober i get to be around other people who and not all of them are clean and sober but they have that lifestyle like that mindset of like i started i stopped hanging out with those people and i started hanging out with this one girl she has her own business Two months later, I have my own business. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is that? That's so cool. They really do. It really does show, like, whoever who you hang out with, like, that's who you're going to be. And I was just hanging around with, I always said I was fishing in the wrong pond. Like, I was just always, like, even with guys, and this is not, like, whoever, like, I was just fishing in the wrong pond, and I was always getting mad at myself because I kept fishing that same pond. And I'm like, well, I don't understand. And I'm maybe I'll just go to a different restaurant. Like, no, it's the same. You know, and uh, that lifestyle, like, there's nothing good for mm-hmm. me if I'm going out there. And, like, I get to go to bed early. Some people are like, so my middle name is Esther. <laughs> and when I do, like, I drink my hot every hot tea every single night, even before I was in herbal life, I do, like, just regular herbal tea. Um, and my friends always like, Esther strikes again because I'm like in bed, like early with my big glasses on and I'm watching Golden Girls or I'm sleeping or I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like all these different things. Love Golden Girls. But I was just like, yeah, I love Golden Girls. First of all, (laughs) first of all, I do Golden Girls or like King of Queens, (laughs) just like whatever background noise, you know? And, um, so it's, and that's the cool part of just like being clean and sober. I get to, it's almost like people are I don't know. People are just like looking up to me and in like such a positive way, which is cool because I'm around a lot of younger girls right now and I don't want them to, if I can impact them in a certain way, you know, obviously people are going to do what they're going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. I did what I was going to do when I was 21. People are telling me, don't do that. You know, I still did it. But if they see me in a certain light or someone around them, that's, a, you know, influence them to do something other than like, you know, what social media or what, some naked girl on Instagram is telling him to do. Yeah. Maybe I have some sort of impact, hopefully, you know, and maybe I'll re- I mean, if I can reach one person, you know, that I could be like, Hey, like I can overcome domestic violence. I will overcome Amen. sexual assaults. I will overcome, you know, you don't say you overcome addiction because you always are an addict. Uh, like someone was like, you beat it. And I was like, no, that's, that's incorrect. Like I didn't beat it. Like I'm still an addict. I don't just, I don't just, now I'm not going to go do that again and I'll be, have control over it. No, like that's not how it works. You know, mm. that too. I'm the mom who knows not a, my name is Brianna. This has been the mom who knows not a podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into part one of Vega's sobriety journey and how her son has inspired her as well as her ambitions in life has kind of created her path tune in next week when we discuss more about this journey for her as well as 
why she has set firm boundaries with her employers. And we even discuss a little bit about my pandemic drinking and why I think it's a problem. So we'll see you next week. Bye.